This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass. You, you ever feel like you're living in a simulation? Like, there's no possible way that things are just happening the way that they are because that's how they're supposed to happen. Things only happen because the end result is driving both of us absolutely insane. But we're being tortured by the dumbest news possible. News that we have to report on day in, day out, forever. So yes, of course, industry disruptor MoviePass is relaunching, and their entire new business is going to be based on the blockchain, complete with their own token and plenty of Web3 integration. And if you're saying to yourself, well, that's absurd. There's no way it'll work. A decentralized movie-going experience? Why? Believe me, we have the same concerns and frustrations as you, but we're just the messengers here, okay? And we're not even going to waste anyone's time by going over the whole MoviePass saga again. You know what happened. Yeah. Instead, we will pick up where the new story begins with the original founder of the company, Stacy Spikes, buying back the rights to the failed ticketing service for pennies on the dollar after the company went out of business because it was uh, completely unsustainable. Yeah. Just inherently, at its core, an unsustainable business doomed to failure. Yes. So last year, Mr. Spikes had gotten wind that no one on earth wanted to purchase the MoviePass name and assets after it was put up for auction as a result of its bankruptcy. The bidding was supposed to start at just $250,000, but no one bid on it, mm -hmm. mainly because any actual value that was left, which would be the marketing information linked to its customer base, was not included in the sale. No data. You would just be getting the MoviePass, uh, I guess, brand, yeah. which is a very tarnished brand at this point, mm -hmm. obviously. Since no one wanted it, Spikes was able to strike a deal with the bankruptcy judge, which allowed him to take back control of the brand for what we assume was next to nothing. Get this shit out of my courtroom. Yeah, uh, case closed. Finally, I can be done with it. Mm -hmm. And once the company was back in his control, it was time to relaunch the brand that he'd founded. A brand that was beloved by millions. A, a brand that allowed you to see movies for next to nothing at the drop of a hat. A brand that quite literally changed the movie-going landscape despite its ultimate failure. And on Thursday of this week, Stacy Spikes reintroduced the world to MoviePass, dubbing this new venture MoviePass 2.0. Oh, great. During a 45-minute live on-stage keynote in front of an audience that was filled with what we assume were MoviePass's biggest fans, but uh, they did have to be goaded into applause, and it did kind of seem like it was just his family and friends mm. and a smattering of, of other people. But yes, there was many please clap moments yeah. uh, in this. So. so look, this guy seems like a nice enough guy. It's very apparent that he loves movies. Yes. But it's also clear that he is equating people's affinity for the old movie pass as some kind of metric for profitability going forward, which, again... Just because people like buddy. the product doesn't mean it's a profitable product. So yeah, I mean, some people loved going to see as many movies as they wanted to whenever they wanted to for $10 a month. Or, you know, they changed the price a bunch of times, but that was... About $10 a month. That's true. People did enjoy uh, exploiting the, this, uh, this, this movie pass thing that shouldn't have existed, but hey, it exists. Let's go use it. Yeah. But that is not going to be possible anymore. Uh, he, he brings up a bunch of charts filled with data that explains how more people saw more movies when they had movie pass. Well, yeah, that makes total sense based on exactly what we just said. Yeah. But the problem is, due in large part to the effect that MoviePass had on the industry, the biggest theater chains simply came up with their own subscription-based models that can undercut whatever MoviePass comes up with, regardless of what that plan is. Yes, they can immediately react. If for some reason something MoviePass did was successful, they could go, we have that now for cheaper. 
Stacy Spikes, he he mentions this. He mentions the fact that, like, yeah, of course, they came up with their own subscription models. But he says that the, the pain point here for consumers is that they're restricted to whichever chain that they have a membership to. And he's he's not wrong, but, like, if your main goal is seeing a movie, yeah, it really doesn't matter which chain you're going to because the end result is a completed movie-going experience. And generally, in, in I mean, L.A. has, obviously, a lot of movie theaters, but... You have the theater that's closest to you. The that's one, the one you're probably going to go to. If you live in a smaller town, there's maybe like two movie theaters. In like, a lot of cities in North America, you're going to have one choice. Yeah. And so you'll get the membership for that one choice. Right. And that's not a difficult decision for some people. And they also give perks like discounts on concessions. Regardless. Free popcorn every 10 movies. He does point out that these subscription models exist, which is good. It's great that he's aware of it. Yes, we're aware of it, but we're going to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, because we have the blockchain. <laughs> um, but yeah, the pain point that he points out is like, well, you can't just freely hop between theater chains and see whatever movies that you want whenever you want. Like, oh, if I'm closer to this one, I can't just pop in there and see it. Yeah. I mean, that sucks, okay, but yeah. that's part of it. Most people plan for like movie night. It's not just something they decide to do. Well, now hold on, Elliot, because MoviePass 2.0 is going to fix that problem. Okay. They're going to allow you to see movies where and when you want. Movies like Gotti. No. <laughs> Whatever you want, apparently. <laughs> and you're you're wondering how. Well, yeah. uh, I'll save you the 45 minutes that it takes to watch this keynote. We'll explain more of how this is going to work. Uh, it is both somehow simple and extremely complicated at the same time. Oh, I love it. Obviously, these big chains aren't going to want to strike up a deal with MoviePass that takes any profit away from them. So instead, MoviePass has invented their own currency, a token system that allows you to portion out your monthly accumulation of tokens based on where and when you want to see something. Obviously, seeing a less popular movie at a less popular time is going to cost less tokens, while seeing a blockbuster movie on opening night is going to cost a significantly higher amount of tokens. We'd assume that you'd also be able to top up your tokens whenever you want in case you do run out. You're seeing too many blockbusters, you're going to want to top up that token account. Okay, so I'm hearing the word token a lot. Is this a cryptocurrency? I mean, kind of sounds like a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Are these MoviePass tokens backed by the blockchain ledger? Well, so it really seems like Mr. Spikes yeah. <laughs> is uh, heavily implying that these tokens are a cryptocurrency without coming right out and saying it which is odd. Now, of course, these tokens absolutely do not have to be a cryptocurrency at all. They could just exist on their own ecosystem. But then you don't get to use all those exciting buzzwords like decentralized, end-to-end, -end, Web3, stuff like that. Yeah. Mr. Spikes goes into how every aspect of this uh, new MoviePass model is powered by Web3 without directly mentioning any specifics related to the blockchain or the actual technology behind the platform that makes it Web3 other than repeatedly mentioning that you are in charge, and that they are cutting out the middlemen. Okay, so how's their app going to run? Are users going to be expected to, like, mine MoviePass tokens to keep it operational? <laughs> Do I need to dust off my my old GPU and get to work on movie coins? Is this going to be running in the background of my phone uh, while I'm out and about, just keeping yeah. all of their uh, systems online? Is this So how is this decentralized? Why does MoviePass, which is literally just a third-party ticket seller, need to be a decentralized platform? How is this Web3 at all? Well, let's just read directly from their website. They uh, explain it. <laughs> Through dynamic ticket pricing, centralized smart advertising, 
MoviePass is creating an end-to-end -end cinematic marketplace that will allow theaters to respond and innovate to moviegoer passions and demands, resulting in the future of cinema. Does that make there you any, go. There it is. Does that make any sense to you? <laughs> no. Because it doesn't sound like Web3 to us. I mean, I, I know we're really splitting hairs here, but they literally said the word centralized in the first sentence, which is the opposite word that they should have aimed for. Still, let's dive a little deeper into their marketing for this technologically advanced ticketing service. Uh, here's how they describe what they're calling the platform's end-to-end -end technology. MoviePass benefits customers, theaters, and studios by encouraging higher movie attendance. Our digital subscription-based ticketing platform allows users to attend movies at any location and drives revenue to theaters. They literally, they're just taking terms in the tech space like end-to-end -end encryption and using it to explain selling tickets. It has nothing to do with anything. This guy's a genius. He already, he's he's going for two, and I I respect it because he already got venture capital firms to give MoviePass a ton of money despite their fundamentals being this, absolutely broken, and he's he's going for it again. He's Robin Hood. Yeah. He, he is, he's... Taking a bunch of VC money and will uh, be distributing it to a bunch of people who just want to see movies. Yeah. And if it works again, I really do have to pat him on the back. This is amazing if it is truly a grift against the rich. It has to be because none of this makes any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's saying all the right words for a bunch of people in suits to yeah. throw money at it. Yeah. Um, but it's not just people in suits that are going to be throwing money at it. Okay, Elliot? You have to, we have to be clear here. There is another plan. Yeah, but wait, there's more, because it's not just the crypto buzzwords that the company's utilizing to get people excited about the rebirth of this brand. They're also taking a play out of the old Wall Street Bets Game Stonks playbook by announcing right out the gate that you can buy shares in MoviePass 2.0, despite it obviously not being listed on any reputable stock market or any stock market at all. Uh, this is a completely unregulated investment. Buyer beware. But yeah, it's grassroots. Do your own research. Do you want to be a part of something big? You're going to feel like a fucking idiot. You missed Bitcoin. You missed Ethereum. You missed it all. Now's your chance to get in on MoviePass 2.0. Well, the, the going's still good. Yeah. And again, stealing from crypto dorks to give to movie fans, I appreciate. But I don't think that the language is... Uh, it's on par for like a VC investor suit guy, but it's not on par for anyone in the crypto space. They're going to be like, wait, what... How is it Web three? <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. let's uh, let's get back to how you're going to get a return on that investment because mm -hmm. you're you're going to want an ROI on that. Yeah. So the real meat of MoviePass 2.0. Um, I mean, we already spoke about the token system, but it, it should be noted that your tokens will roll over. You can send people your extra tokens and vice versa. Yeah. You can also use your tokens to bring a friend with you. So look, you're buying tokens and using these tokens to pay for tickets. It's like Disney dollars. You might use them, you might not. The point is, MoviePass will have your real money either way. And also, it means that MoviePass tokens are apparently uh, kind of fungible, <laughs> as opposed to non-fungible. They are, by his definition, a fungible token, because they can be traded and yeah. have the same value, um, yeah. which is a missed opportunity, yeah. I think. Yeah, I really missed that. Uh, I, I see a... a Pretty clear lack of NFT talk in this presentation, which is a real missed opportunity. He could have gone for gold here, and he's, uh, he's settling for silver. It's yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but how is MoviePass going to make a profit off of all of this? <laughs> they will not. They won't. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no path to profitability here, um, which is the MoviePass way. <laughs>
<laughs> Let's say for the sake of argument that they were to try and turn a profit. Uh, they they still have to purchase the ticket that you, the consumer, want mm -hmm. at a price that leaves some money on the table for them, the business. Well, they plan on a few things. One of them is partnering with theater chains, which is absolutely not going to happen with companies like Regal and AMC. Well, the uh, door's always open. <laughs> but AMC's CEO was openly hostile towards MoviePass for years. Yeah, he personally saw to it that MoviePass was dead and buried. And people loved him for it. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably not going to happen. Now, having said that, this could actually be a good deal for smaller independent movie theaters and chains because it will get people through the door. It'll get them into seats and eating that popcorn. Gum, gum, gum. So if you're thinking very small with this plan, yeah, it could be useful for indie theaters and might help smaller films find a bigger audience. That's, that's a really noble plan. It is. Their other plan for making money, though, or at least uh, offsetting the price that you're paying to get your tickets, is direct consumer advertising that honestly goes a little too far in the presentation. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, look, selling targeted ads to consumers, that's been adopted by so many apps and platforms, it's hard to keep track. You can you can make money on Google just by, like, watching ads. It's yeah. not much, but it's something. it adds up. And, yeah, you get rewards for interactions with those ads uh, just anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's nothing new. This is been around for a long time. Think of all the mobile games that will trade you some in-game currency for watching or interacting with an ad. MoviePass wants to do the same thing, literally the same thing. They want you to watch and interact with ads to earn their tokens, which, fine, whatever. Sure. But in their presentation, they said they would be utilizing technology that forces the user to pay attention for the entire duration of the ad so the companies know that they watched the entire thing. Yeah. They didn't just hit play and go do something else. Their, their eyes were locked. Because we tracked those eyes. <laughs> they pitched a live eye-tracking technology in their app that would monitor you while you watch targeted ads so that it knows you're not cheating to farm tokens. Yes. So, yes, the phone is looking at you and uh, and watching you. He's like, it's a, like a... Like a hawk. All these companies spend billions to put uh, product placement in movies. Why don't they pay us billions to put product placement directly into the consumer's eyeball? Yeah. Which, like... Look, you like of, movies, don't you? All of these things work across many different industries. It's just that, like, he seems to be plucking random things that work elsewhere into pushing this new MoviePass 2.0 while also just dumping every crypto noun and verb that he can. I wonder if you could, like, get a mannequin with, like, fake eyes and just set that in front of your phone and, like, just have it uh, watch ads all day. How has this guy earned 25,000 movie pass tokens? No man can sit through that many ads. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, this new uh, improved movie pass experience is scheduled to launch in beta this summer. And we are so curious as to whether or not it's able to bring in any paid members at all, considering the substantial headwinds that they're facing. And that's not to say we want to see this guy fail. He seems like a really nice guy whose heart is in the right place. He's Robin Hood. He's, yeah. He cares about getting people in the movie theaters for, to enjoy that movie magic that we've all missed so much. Yeah. This is trickle-down economics in action. Yeah. Really working. It, it's rich people uh, gambling on an app that will not work, and the person at the bottom is finally getting something for yeah, it. They're getting a movie for we're it. We're all finally getting a taste of that VC money that <laughs> so few of us ever get to enjoy. Yeah. And I don't want to see MoviePass fail. I want to see it succeed so much that it bleeds a bunch of VC investors dry. Good. We just can't see it working in a way that's financially beneficial to both the business and the consumer. 
because there are far more unknowns than knowns, and they don't have any control of the industry that they're operating in. You need to have yeah. something, some yeah. bargaining chip. And of course, there's no pricing structure available yet, though it, it was said that they'd be on a tiered system, which is like how, what MoviePass moved into initially. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's just going to be consumers getting a certain amount of tokens every month, and then the ability to top off your tokens if you run out. The tokens will have some behind-the-scenes value tied to the actual U.S. dollar because they'll need to buy the tickets from the vendors using real money while you use your tokens. They'll hope that people use less tokens than they paid for every month or that you'll need to top up because maybe you're one or two tokens shy of that movie ticket. And it's like, well, you better buy a pack of tokens, just like in a fucking mobile game. I like the idea of this actually being a cryptocurrency, but it it gets the, the Bitcoin problem where nobody wants to spend it because it's... It's a better investment to just, just hold on to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone that like actually used Bitcoin 10 years ago to like buy a piece of pizza for one Bitcoin is like, God damn it. What the fuck? Yeah. In the future, you're going to be like, oh, one movie pass token's worth like a million dollars. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, that's what that's what you get for getting in early. Yeah. And getting that investment in, you know? So, yeah, it's all pretty basic stuff, I guess, without any need for this Web3 and blockchain talk. It doesn't even make sense the way they've pitched it. It's uh. It's all a trick. <laughs> it's but, even more yeah. of a trick than like what Ubisoft and these other companies are yeah. doing. They're just like, oh, wait, we can take in-game assets that we were already going to make and turn them into NFTs. NFTs yeah. This is even, a, this is a lighter touch than that. This is just saying the words in the space and yeah. hoping that they stick. So, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to shove in some stupid blockchain angle that'll make money because crypto dorks don't give a fuck and they just want prizes, do this instead. Offer an NFT of every movie ticket that they buy in the app. They, they buy movie tickets through your app. They get an NFT of the ticket. Make it like 3D and with the film's logo and a serial number or some shit. They'd love it. They'd pay more than full price for a ticket because they get their little toy with their Happy Meal. Yeah. It's a Happy Meal for assholes. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of, uh, I don't know if the theaters are doing it, but uh, people are getting like Spider-Man NFTs and like Batman NFTs for like pre-ordering tickets and shit like that. It's uh, happening. The NFL is doing it. If you go to the Super Bowl, you get an NFT of your ticket. Uh, there's uh, like this venue in New York I saw was doing it because uh, I'm going to go to New York and there's like a jazz club there. Yeah. Blue Note yeah. is doing NFT tickets with your ticket purchase, but it's like the regular ticket's like $30. The yeah. NFT ticket's like $200. And it's like, well, I don't fucking care about this. Like, yeah. So anyway. So yeah, uh, despite all that nonsense, we're thrilled. Yes. So thrilled for the return of MoviePass and cannot wait to see this platform roll out because we're just very curious about the second life of this brand. It's, it's I never thought I'd see the day. So <laughs> cheers to you, MoviePass. We, we do honestly hope that you figure it out. Yeah, I'll be watching. Anyway, speaking of ads, uh, we've got one for you before we get into the rest of the news. And this week, we've got to thank Masterclass for sponsoring the show. Masterclass gives you the extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, to the next level. That's where Masterclass shines, because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, and business, or tech, and plenty more. Uh, with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove. You can improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And they are adding new instructors and brilliant minds from all, the, running the gamut of entertainment in every other field, 
all the time. If you go to like Masterclass's YouTube channel, you can get a pretty good taste of like yeah. everyone who's uh, becoming more and more involved in this. Uh, Roy Choi uh, is doing a series now. Oh yeah. boy, that that is very appealing. Yeah, uh, Metallica is doing a series on like being a successful band for fucking forty years. So step one, go to therapy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. Some kind of monster. You should yeah. watch it. But uh, Masterclass is, is constantly adding uh, new uh, artist creators. Uh, everything, every asset of life that you could think of that you'd want to be professional in, they have experts who can help guide you through that. Not necessarily teach you how to do things, although they do, but give you a, a more broad yeah. uh, scope of exactly what you're trying to go for. So these cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts, and the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about the craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer, and at just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. If you're interested, we definitely think that you should check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass and get 15% off an annual membership by going to masterclass.com slash newsdump today. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump. Terms apply. All right, back into the news now with, uh, let's do a silly one. Easily the dumbest quote of the week from the dumbest woman in America, who also just so happens to be a member of Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene is back in the news once again, and somehow this is one of the, the less insane things that's fallen out of her mouth ever since she took the stage as a representative for the state of Georgia in Congress, because at least this time it was a simple mispronunciation. Uh, but she was actually attempting to say some pretty vile shit. Uh, the go-to attack for years now has been to equate everything that you disagree with to Nazis and Nazi Germany. And yeah, it's outrageous and offensive, and uh, wearing a mask or something dumb like that is in no way even close to a comparison to what people went through during World War II. But still, they say it. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, they keep saying dumb shit like this because it gets a rise out of people, and it's, I guess, to them the ultimate comparison to make because Nazi Germany is the clearest modern example of pure evil. It's dumb, it's stupid, but they keep fucking doing it. Yeah, I mean, South Park just made fun of people and politicians that do this shit. On their season opener, it's literally a joke at this point. Uh, what was it? Godwin's Law? It's an old internet law from like uh, Hitler the, will come the up in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any conversation. Any argument makes its way to Hitler, despite not really uh, having anything to do with it. Yeah. So none of that stopped Marjorie Taylor Greene from pulling out the Nazi references when referring to her Democratic colleagues and how they governed recently. But she did fuck up in hilarious fashion. Because when trying to insinuate that Nancy Pelosi is leading some sort of Nazi police unit, she meant to refer to them as the Gestapo, but instead referred to the Nazi police as gazpacho, the cold Italian soup. Here you go. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do. Uh, so here's the Washington Post with the context if it matters. Green appeared on One American News on Tuesday and accused House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of using Capitol Police as political pawns and sending them into our offices, referring to a complaint from her colleague, Representative Troy E. Nels. The Capitol Police has rejected Nels's claim that a security check of his open office was an illegal investigation, calling it protocol when an unattended office has a door left open. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially in the wake of everything that happened uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come there's in a, and peek around and see if there's not, like, a fucking bomb. There's literally an unattended office in the in fucking Congress. Like, I'm 
going to go in, make sure that no one's in here and close the door. Yeah. Like, it, it, it makes sense. This is tyranny. But, th yeah, then it immediately gets paired, compared to uh, Nancy Pelosi running uh, uh, the Nazi police, the gazpacho. The delicious gazpacho. Yeah. Anyways, let's move over to something we mentioned briefly on an episode this week. The very public downfall <laughs> of Peloton, oh. which suffered some unfortunate product placement and also a catastrophic drop in stock price after it was announced that the company would no longer be manufacturing new bikes at the same rate that they'd previously been able to. Because everyone who wanted one had one at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's a similar, it's not as not as fucked up as MoviePass, but like Peloton's business model like, did you did you ever stop to consider that there's a finite number of people willing to pay uh, thousands of dollars for an in-home exercise bike, and that perhaps your bump in sales that you've seen uh, has uh, something to do with the fact that a large uh, portion of the workforce is working from home now? Yeah, I think, and gymnasiums are closed. I think uh, what their actual long game plan was that it would take a lot longer for everyone who would have bought one of these to buy one, but then the pandemic happened, and it was like, oh shit, oh shit. We're doing really good. They actually, they went to that lab in Wuhan. They stole the samples. Mm -hmm. They're the ones because Peloton caused the pandemic because they had the most to gain. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. Yeah. Not really, though. <laughs> Not exactly. Not really. I'm joking. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, they, uh, instead of uh, playing some kind of long game where people are finally able to afford these and maybe try it out and have like a somewhat consistent uh, stream of income, everything happened all at once, and then no one else needs these. And in fact, uh, you can buy them on like eBay for like five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars now, yeah. because uh, people, much like every other piece of exercise equipment throughout history, just resell it when they get tired of it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all of Peloton's problems came to a head earlier this week when the company announced that it was replacing its CEO, and also laying off nearly three thousand employees thanks to a, a little restructuring. But uh, have no fear, former Peloton employees. Your severance package is chocked full of goodies, like a free one-year subscription to the Peloton Fitness app. And now you got so much more time to use it. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you get back in shape and uh, really enjoy yourself? You will be canceling your gym memberships, obviously, because you've lost your job. So, yeah. and you won't be able to afford it. And, uh, but yeah, wouldn't won't it be nice to be constantly reminded of the company yeah. that you gave a portion of your life to? On a daily basis. Wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. So here's The Verge. As Peloton announced it was firing 2,800 people Tuesday morning, its outgoing CEO outlined in a memo the meaningful severance package those who are losing their jobs will receive. And in great news, folks, it includes a complimentary Peloton membership for the next year. Because really, getting a shout out from an instructor or showing up on that leaderboard during that brutal HIIT class provided why your former employer is sure to take the sting out of losing your job. But uh, so while the now former CEO took the heat on their way out, uh, the new Peloton CEO, Barry McCarthy, Barry McCarthy, who was formerly at Spotify, didn't exactly get the uh, warm welcome that he might have anticipated at his new gig, as some former and current employees reportedly crashed the company's virtual all hands meeting to just talk shit, which then forced the meeting to end early. Here's CNBC. Peloton held a virtual all-hands meeting Wednesday that was meant to introduce its new CEO, Barry McCarthy. Instead, a conversation between McCarthy and former CEO John Foley ended early, according to three people familiar with the details of the meeting. Current and former employees started firing off angry comments about this week's announced job cuts and accusations of mismanagement in the chat function, messages obtained by CNBC show. Quote, I'm selling all my Peloton apparel to pay my bills, wrote one person. This is awfully tone deaf, said another. The company messed up by allowing people who were fired into this chat. Another reason, <laughs> well, too late to mod this. 
Ultimately, the call ended earlier than planned, the people said. That, that third person, complete fucking narc. Yeah, what a narc. Um, well, I think you let in the people that you fired, teacher. Uh, fucking narc. I, I think we've brought it up before, but uh, when, during one of the machinima layoffs, uh, an email... Oh, my they sent God. Out, they sent out a company-wide email, uh, and it was... They didn't BCC. They didn't BCC people. So you could tell who was in the fired group and who wasn't. Yeah. you just look for the, the worst employee you know. If they're in your group, you're like, well, well shit. That's it. Yeah. So if and you that got was like the a email, half hour before the actual meeting. It showed everyone that was getting fired before the meeting. Yeah. It was every every machinima firing was a bloodbath. It was bloodbath and it was horrific and sad and, yeah. and very dumb in a lot of ways because there was always a bunch of people that got fired that were just like, Wait, what? That, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But that one was specifically on a completely new level. And I believe that was at the same time where they were, it was around the Super Bowl because they were like talking about how like, oh, the CEO is going to have to wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey. Or it, it was like one of those fun emails that went out like right yeah. after. It was like, oh, the CEO wants the, it was the CEO and the head of HR were like, had a bet. And apparently everyone was supposed to care about this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what a company. And we're going to have an ice cream social afterwards. Yeah. Anyways, Peloton, as they have previously existed, is probably doomed. But as we said on our previous episode, it looks like a company like Nike or Amazon might swoop in and pick up the bones. Yeah, this uh, they they clearly don't have much room for longevity as a independent brand. But the the original investors and executives they'll probably find quite the golden parachute once. They get bought out for pennies on the dollar. So yeah. good for them. There you go. But speaking of tone-deaf employee perks, though, it looks like Ubisoft was just so dead set on making their big push into the NFT space worthwhile, and they wanted all of their employees to be on the same page as them, be as excited as the executives were for this surefire, boom, headshot plan. So they offered the employees some free NFTs. That's as good as money it's right as there. as good as money. You're going to want to hold on to that NFT. You guys are going to love your annual bonus. Uh, <laughs> open up your wallets. No, not your physical wallets. Your crypto wallets. I hope everyone brought their MetaMasks to work today. So, yeah, uh, here, here's Kotaku. The company recently held another workshop aimed specifically at addressing the concerns of skeptical employees, yet also started giving out special NFTs to some members of the Ghost Recon team to celebrate the series' 20th anniversary. One developer likened it to the staff saying, we hate this crypto stuff. And then Ubisoft responding with, okay, come get some. <laughs> Last week, VP of Ubisoft's Strategic Innovations Lab, Nicholas Pouard, claimed in an interview that players' overwhelmingly negative reaction to the company's NFT rollout was because they don't get it. Uh, they don't get it was also the tone of a recent internal Q&A with the Quartz team, which is the team behind their crypto bullshit, uh, aimed at addressing skeptical employees, sources familiar with the event told Kotaku. Instead, it bolstered some developers' concerns about the security vulnerabilities in the Quartz technology and its lack of interesting design possibilities. Puard and other blockchain proponents have pitched scenarios in which cosmetic items can follow players between games. That's not something current Quartz entities are set up to do. However, and, <laughs> and according to sources, Pouard admitted internally that the interoperability question remains unanswered. Yeah. In the meantime, the core use case for Quartz NFTs remains in-game hats. <laughs> Quote, it's three to four years of work for a fucking auction house, one current developer told Kotaku. So yes, their plans, and, and this goes across the entire gaming sector, the plans of, as he calls it, interoperability yeah. of assets 
even within uh, the, the same developer. The, the executives at these companies have never worked in development before. Yeah. They, they're just like, what? They're, they're, that game has guns and that game has guns. Just uh, take that gun and put it in there. Yeah, the, What's very, the problem? very near sounding dream for a lot of proponents of like Web3 and blockchain based games is that there is going to be a lot of a lot of that, like you can take uh, your hammer from Fortnite and use it in fucking mm -hmm. like whatever. Yeah. But the fact that a company as big as Ubisoft can't do it within their own ecosystem should be pretty fucking telling to the whole entire industry. And the fact that their devs hate it. I, I yeah. Uh, on the r slash Butcoin subreddit this yep. week, fantastic subreddit. Uh, they uncovered like uh, there's another subreddit called like Ask Developers or something. It's like for like software devs to ask each other questions and mm -hmm. stuff. And there's just so many recent posts of people who's like, yeah, I got a job at this like Web3 company and like everything's fucked up. Nobody knows what's happening. It's a mess. They're just awash with VC cash and literally no one knows what the fuck is and going on. And that's because in like, <laughs> first of all, fucking developers don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. And the only people who really, really want a lot to do with this are fucking crypto evangelists yeah. who have no meaningful fucking knowledge of how to operate in the space they just know that they really like making money. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that, that's what's so funny about this. Ubisoft can't figure it out in their own ecosystem, yet people are meant to believe that you're going to be able to to cross-use weapons, skins, uh, assets it's from different companies. just like Ready Player One. You're going to have Master Chief partying with Wreck-It Ralph and, uh, yeah. To be fair, not on Web3 or the blockchain, but Fortnite has already perfected that. Yeah, and VR chat. And VR chat, <laughs> yes, VR chat. And now if only you could own the asset. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's look, again, I'm sorry that the main story today had something to do with cryptocurrency. But how could I have predicted that fucking MoviePass was going to come roaring back onto the scene with a bunch of nonsensical buzzwords yeah. filling out their keynote? It's funny. It is hilarious objectively that this is the reality and i'm yeah. just as freaked out and weirded out by it as you are so thanks for watching uh if we get a couple more thousand followers on our tiktok we get to <laughs> this is the long we get to here. join the monetization pool so if we get ten thousand <laughs> followers we're at like six thousand now if we get ten thousand followers we get to be a part of their creator fund yeah. which all i can assume in my mind because i've done zero research on it is that we get to have some of the money that yeah, it's a it's a huge ripoff. There's a lot of people very mad about it, but it's it's not nothing. So yeah, all right, we are going to be getting some of that money if we can get to ten thousand followers. Tell all your little cousins. Yeah, uh, hey, they might learn something. All your your younger siblings, say hey, what's up, fam? What's up, fam? You hear about this Web three? I hear it's really crackalacking over on TikTok. Yeah, everyone's talking about all the blockchain stuff over on TikTok. If you want to get in on the real NFT, yeah. you'll say. No fucking thanks to uh, Facebook, and you'll get on TikTok anyway, and follow Internet Today TV. Catch you later. I got my Heelys. <laughs> no, I'm on a hoverboard. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's episode. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, we have a brand new episode of Tech News Day over here, and it's got crypto in it. Uh, but also, we have uh, another episode uh, about something else over here. You'll, you'll get to it. Uh, weekly Weird new News coming soon. Super Bowl this weekend. Big game. Sorry, the big game. And, uh, and Valentine's Here Day. Here in L.A. Don't forget to get your loved one a uh, NFT for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Show her you really love her. This is a digital chocolate. Yeah. Can I eat it? No. Nothing's more attractive than cryptocurrency NFTs, according to 
E. Toro. <laughs> Bye. Bye.